So um, for those of you hello, who don't know me, uh, my name's Jenny and I'm the new curate here at St. Matt's and at St. Tom's up the road. And Tim has asked me to share some of my testimony so that you can begin to get to know me a little bit because I will be with you for the next three to four years. In, yeah, God willing. <laughs> yeah, bad luck. <laughs> um, and it's my prayer that some of what I share of what God has done in my life will be of some encouragement to you. It is for me an indescribable joy and a great privilege to be here and have this opportunity to speak. So thank you all for offering me such a loving and warm welcome. It's really made such a difference. Being a curate means that I was ordained a deacon at Wells Cathedral by a bishop. And um, so I'll be here for a few years. Tim, and I'll be serving as like an apprentice to Tim. So do pray for him because he's got a lot of work to, to do to sort of... Um, sort of train me in this role. But he's already, um, <laughs> I've been reassured, he's not here tonight, but I've been reassured that it's got nothing to do with my, my arrival, that he's flown to the other side of the world. But um, in fact, Tim has already had quite an impact on my ministry already because um, I'm going to need you to testify, please, in the microphone, perhaps David you could, what I'm holding in my hand. It's an iPad. Yes, it is. Tim, if you're listening to this, uh, I am, I'm reading from technology and not from paper, because I think this is being recorded. <laughs> um, you see, technology really does not interest me. The, la <laughs> the last portable music device that I own, some of you will be too young to even know what this is, but it, the last portable music device I had was one of those cassette Walkmans. Do you remember? And I haven't, I haven't bothered updating that technology since then. But, but Tim suggested that I really did need an iPad for this job, so here we are. Um, <laughs> some people would say that I was probably born in the wrong century, which is what I have often said about my dad. He is a farmer and he prefers using heavy horses instead of tractors. So this has been um, the upbringing, the background from which I've come. So I've been asked to share some of my testimony and I got to choose the readings for today. I chose Psalm 30, read beautifully by you all, thank you very much, because it has been an anthem for what God has done in my life. And the short passage from the epic Romans 8, thank you Simon for reading it, which describes how God brought me out of the pit with his use of his gift of hope. And I guess we all have testimony scriptures and I found it hugely encouraging to return to mine from time to time. So to my journey, as I've said already, I was brought up on a farm and it was an idyllic childhood. Um, with evidence of God so abundantly clear all around. I came to pray to God and believe from a young age, but in hindsight was rather disconnected from a relationship with God. Despite this, I can see times where God has miraculously protected me and times where he has guided me. For example, away from initially training to be a teacher into pursue a career as a speech and language therapist instead. 
It was whilst I was training at Reading University and living in a way that rather disregarded God, a dear friend of mine lost sight of hope and died from depression. I won't go into the details now, but I'm always willing to talk about depression and suicide if it's relevant for you. Nevertheless, it proved to be a pivotal point in my life. It was from then that I recognized God's unconditional and powerful love. And it was from that point that I recognized how far my life was from Jesus and that without him, I too would surely die. I begged for God to forgive me and for Jesus to take my life and use it however he pleased. Clearly my prayer life was quite naive then because I now realize how dangerous prayer is and what a dangerous prayer that was to pray. But it was from that point that I knew that I would work as a speech and language therapist only for a season, but not for life. I knew deep down that I would go into full-time Christian ministry at some stage. I didn't know what it would be, nor when. In the early years of this relationship with Jesus, I experienced some very dark and oppressive times, like being in a pit described by Psalm 30. Within a few years, whilst doing my degree, I was bereaved a number of times, including the loss of grandparents, friends, relatives, and most tragically, my 17-year-old brother, Alex. There are so many testimonies I have within this time of God's kindness, generosity, wisdom, love, and mercy, but I don't feel today is quite the time to wow you with them all. Suffice to say, I know that I would not have survived that turbulent and dark season without Jesus by my side, without him being the living hope living in me. I came, became very thirsty for scripture at the time and bizarrely developed an addiction for Romans 8. I had to get a daily fix of this um, several times a day for weeks on end. As I neared my finals at university, I noticed the Christians on my course had what I could only describe as a peaceful joy and joyful peace. I began to beg God for whatever it was that they had. And gradually, over the coming months, I received greater measure or awareness of God's Holy Spirit in me. From time to time over the years since then, I asked God whether it was time for me to leave my beautiful profession in the NHS, and he would simply say, wait. And it was about ten years later when I bounced the question off God again, and this time I sensed him say, explore. I began to pray into what ministry would look like for me. I considered serving as a missionary speech therapist abroad, but that wasn't right for me. I looked into charitable work in this country, in this spiritually dark land, but that wasn't right either. I even wondered whether God wanted me to serve as a nun, but still, this was not his will. You see, I did not immediately consider ordained ministry because I had been led to believe that women should not lead or teach in church. I had never wanted to question this belief because I had been living with a debilitating fear of speaking in front of people, 
there is no way I would want to lead or teach in church. Please notice God's irony in calling me to be a speech therapist all this while. The fear would, of speaking would cause me to experience palpitations, cold sweat, dizzy spells, and that's even just reading scripture or giving a notice in front of church. If I spoke in a home group setting, it would take hours for the adrenaline to wear off afterwards. But despite my fear and despite my belief, I very clearly sensed God call me to ordained ministry. After resisting it and having the audacity to tell God Almighty that I thought he had his theology wrong, I began to open my mind to reconsider scripture from a different point of view. Now, I'm no expert on the theological arguments, but I know that I know that I know that God has called me to this role in this place for this season. In the process of, this call, of, of calling me towards this, God has marvelously set me free from fear of speaking. Hey, I, it's been a long process and it's been a deep process. But I can genuinely look you in the whites of your eyes and I don't, and you don't scare me one bit. So that's very good. Praise to God. I am still the same person who loved climbing trees as a child but was fearful of answering a question in the classroom. The difference is Jesus in my life and the hope that he gives. As scripture says, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. As we surrender our passions, gifts, pain and brokenness to God in faith, he works it for our good and for his glory. And it may not be what we expect or what seems to fit our mould the most easily. I believe that for me being called to be ordained into ordained ministry is how God is releasing me to be more the person that he originally designed me to be. This, of course, is ongoing. God has a plan to release each of us into the fullness of our identity in Christ as we surrender to him as Lord. For this journey from the pit to the mountain top, as it were, God provides hope. Hope may not be the greatest of gifts from God, that of course is love, but hope is a life-saving and life-transforming gift. And that's what I pray for you today. Shall we just pray for a moment? Father, I thank you that uh, you have a call and a purpose on each person's life here. I thank you, Lord, that uh, you give us a choice to hold on to our pain, our gifts, our brokenness, our strengths even. But you also give us a choice to surrender them to you. You don't force us. But Father, I praise you that when we do surrender and hand over to you, you can do marvellous things with everything. Father, I just pray that you will help us, give us the courage and the hope to hand over everything of us 
and our lives to you. And for those who are exploring uh, the next step in their lives or their call on their lives, Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you'll give a greater clarity tonight. For everyone to know that nothing is impossible with, with you. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Amen.